This is Hammond. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go support the show at patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. You'll get ad-free episodes and bonus episodes exclusive to Patreon. And a huge shout out to some of our more recent supporters. They include Robin H. Haywagon, Never Spent, Andrew H., Hot Mess Response Team, which yeah. I want to adopt as a nickname. That tracks. Mike G, Jack C, Chat A, James G, Sarah H, Bonnie B, Melissa C, Rob W, and Ravon. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Cool. Thanks, everybody. Um, thanks for your support. And I was telling Jessica just before we started, there are like at least five things that could last in an entire episode. Dang, it's a long list he's got there. It is a very long list. And I thought I would start out with probably my favorite story okay. in a I'm, long time. I just I usually don't look at your notes, but I see Kentucky tourism and I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> All right. So this one is going to start with a pastor's article written for a conservative Christian website. Okay. And that alone like, all right, I expect it to be conservative Christian promotion okay. of whatever. And somehow, Uh-oh. despite that being the backdrop for the story, it managed to piss off everybody. Ooh, I which love is when glorious. That and it's like, do you know how bad you have to be to write something for the Gospel Coalition, which is like a right wing evangelical website? And like, to piss off even people who read the Gospel Coalition, yeah. that's impressive. It's funny because a lot of a lot of like smug centrists will be like, "Well, if both sides are mad at me, I'm mm. doing something right." And it's right. like, no, you could no. just be wrong. Yeah, you could be an asshole. Completely. Yeah. So the story here, and by the way, here's how bad this article was. Okay. It's no longer on the Gospel Coalition's website. They took it down because okay. they're like, "We don't think this is a good look for so us." So it has to be pretty bad. Yeah. And so this is an article written by a guy named Pastor uh, Josh Butler. Mm. And basically, have you ever heard the saying, like, if Jesus uh, is the groom, like, the church is is the bride, bride, right? And this guy wanted to extend that metaphor in the worst possible way. Before we keep going, I just want to caution all of our listeners Metaphors are only going to get you so far, gang. And the church really leans pretty fucking hard on them. And so when the metaphor starts getting a little tortured, maybe take note of that. This is very badly tortured. I fucking love tortured metaphors. Um, It's so fun. Okay, let's do it. Title of the the article, Sex Won't Save You, and then in parentheses, but it points to the one who will. Sex oh my won't god! Save Sorry, you, but I forgot Jesus. I was being recorded, and my brain uh-huh. just like blue screened at me. Okay. Like, what? What is this going to be? What is it? Okay, let me start you. Th- let me explain this. This guy goes through like three different sections in okay. this article, and they start Gospels. like, "Well, this is bad. Oh, this is weird. Holy crap!" Okay, here's the beginning. He begins by basically saying casual sex in college, which he admits to having, Whoop. didn't do much for him. Okay, here's That's what he says. Everybody's bad at sex in college. That's exactly right. Here's what he writes idolizing sex Ooh. results in slavery. Whoa. You can charge... Okay, hold on, bud. <laughs> we need to be chiller about sentence. slavery. Okay, go. I've gotten go, go, one go, go, sentence through the article. I'm a good listener. Um, you can end up in the Egypt, which is notorious for uh, holding the Israelites captive in the Bible. Oh. You can end up in the Egypt of a new romantic wasteland, more cynical and isolated than when you first began. Yet... I've discovered a crucial corrective in the gospel that can lead us out into true freedom. Sex wasn't designed to be your salvation, mm. but to point you to the one who is. 
So every time you get a boner, it's pointing to Jesus, which is legally yes. true. Points up, maybe? Up-ish, Ish. like up adjacent. Depends on if you're, <laughs> you know, how you're sitting. I don't know your life. Like, dude, just say you had bad sex in college. Trying to compare it to like, well, remember when the Israelites were held as slaves in the book of Exodus or something? This is what my bad one night stand was like. I mean, listen, who among us hasn't had a terrible one night stand? <laughs> um, honestly, maybe only me in this room, actually, now that I think about it. Um, but he says like, <laughs> sex wasn't designed to be your salvation who thought it was like the high point of everything well okay i just i'm oh i'm gonna get better from the doubt that like people are sex obsessed which is not untrue for to have it at all or just in general just obsessed with it thinking about it all the time and so i'm wondering if he's trying to use this like sex sex obsession so we let we let that slide with the benefit of the doubt and just to point out the obvious did not earn that i'm giving it out of the goodness of my heart it never occurs to him that some people are fine with casual sex Mm. that they aren't traumatized by it, that mm-hmm. they don't regret it, yeah. that even whatever awkwardness comes with it, assuming that's the worst of it, that yeah. it was, oh, that was awkward, uh-huh. um, that they might have a good time with it. And that's exactly what they were looking for. Yeah. That not every sexual encounter needs to be like the beginning of a relationship or whatever. Yeah. Like, even if you don't agree with that, just acknowledge that some people do yeah. feel that way, even if you don't, but okay. Well, and some people can disconnect the act of sex with, like, emotional intimacy, and right. that's okay, too. And like, that's just it. because you have sex with somebody does not mean you're getting ready to marry them. So, but it's not enough Thank for God. this guy. It's not <laughs> enough for Josh Butler that casual sex wasn't for him. Classic he needs Josh. to explain to you why sex within the context of marriage isn't just better, mm. it's biblical. Mm. So he, then <laughs> he writes about how sex is just it's really an mm. act of generosity. If you think about it. If you think about it, it's an act, an act of, of generosity. generosity. He's thinking about women. But only he for one women person. Are being generous. But Jesus. only for one person. Let me explain. Here's what he says. Generosity and hospitality are both embodied in the sexual act. Oh boy. Think about it. Generosity. Hospitality. Hospitality. He's gonna explain both. Here's what he says. Quote. Think about it. Generosity involves giving extravagantly to someone. You give the best you've got to give. Uh-huh. Lavishly pouring out your time, energy, or money. That's generosity. There's speaking an expression of. called a generous lover. Uh-huh. It's, we understand what it means, sir. He goes on to say, at a deeper level, generosity is giving not just your resources, but your very self. And then, sure. wait for it, wait for it. Uh-huh. Quote, and what deeper form of self-giving is there? Than sexual union, where the husband pours out his very presence, yep. not only yep. upon, uh-huh. oh, but, oh, no. but within oh, his wife. No. Let me repeat that for upon those of you who just shut is that my off. Dude, oh my God. Hold on. Where the husband pours out his very presence, not only upon, but within his wife. Both. Both, apparently. I thought you weren't supposed to spill, spill your seed outside the womb. Well, I, I guess tr- if you do it within and upon, the within overrides the upon. This is horrifying. I hate I haven't gotten to the crazy part. I can't part. even look at you right now. You're okay. welcome. I was sure when he said hospitality... We haven't gotten there yet. Okay, so is he talking about a woman is welcoming a man into her vagina and that's being hospitable? That's where we're going, my friend. So the... The thing I thought of as a joke answer uh-huh. is his actual thoughts. <laughs> That's neat. That's good. Wait I have for no it. notes here. So first of all, like it's messed up that the only definition of generosity that he provides at all in this <laughs> is the man 
what's a safe word I could use that won't get us banned on YouTube here? Is where the man pours out. (laughs) Where the man pours himself inside and upon his wife. Spooge, sure. Splooge, splooge. There's an L, obviously. That's literally the best you've got to give, according to this guy. Well, he's giving unto himself, right? He's giving a part of himself to his lady. And that's generous. Generosity is the guy getting pleasured. There's no mention of generosity being, make sure you take care of your partner. I've come around in this. I'm on his team. (laughs) I am very generous. (laughs) Like, if you asked a sex therapist, Uh or like... Uh, anyone who's had sex. Um, like, what does generosity... <laughs> that went from very narrow to very broad. <laughs> what does generosity in the bedroom look like? I would imagine their answer would be like, I it involves what this. you do for someone else. Yeah. That's not what he says. No. What he said is purposely selfish. Yeah. Okay, what about the woman, though? What does hospitality mean? It doesn't well, matter. He him. basically says God wants her to be a sexual homemaker, preparing space for her husband's Splooge. Okay, here's what he writes. I'm so sorry. That was your word. Splooge. I'm so... Hospitality, on the other hand, involves receiving the life of... Oh, this is 45 minutes of the show. We're going forever on this. Hospitality, on the other hand, involves receiving the life of the other. You prepare, you being women, you prepare a space for the guest to enter your home. I don't... Welcoming him warmly into your circle of intimacy to share your dwelling place with you. Oh, I'm not done yet. uh... Here again, what deeper form of hospitality is there than sexual union where the wife welcomes her husband into the sanctuary of her very self? No, it's not a sanctuary. uh... No, stop it. Like, stop it, sir. This guy refuses to say, hey, sex can be fun. Especially, I could I could easily make an argument from a Christian perspective that says, hey, kids, when you get married and you have sex, it's great. He doesn't say that. He says, no, I have to make a biblical tie-in. Otherwise, sex is horrible. So he tries and tries to prose it up, and it gets weird. Wait, I haven't gotten to the end of oh, the second bit. we're not weird bit. yet. We're not even close to weird yet. Oh, boy. Okay, because I'm okay. still team what's-his-face. Now we're on... Josh Butler. Now we're on thrusting. Okay. No! Here's what he writes. Let me, I'll read through the whole one paragraph and then we'll discuss. He's trying to argue that the Bible wants you to have a great sex life. So here's what he says. A great sex life. Yep. Great. It's qualitative. Great. Great. The most frequent Hebrew phrase for sex is literally, he went into her. Wayabo eleha. Translations often soften this for modern ears, saying he made love to her or they slept together. But the bri- but the Bible is less prudish than we are, using more graphic language to describe what happens in the honeymoon tent. Honeymoon tent? A tent. Uh- Basically saying... When we look at old translations of the Bible, they don't say he made love to her. They say... Literally, he went into her. Yeah, dog, because it's puritanical dickbags <laughs> like you said we cannot talk frankly about sex. It's because but... older languages, when we're translating them, are pretty literal. They don't have... Well, like, also... of course they said it. Like, man, caveman, fire. Yeah, they're very literal about stuff. He went into her is a description of sex. There is an episode of Bad People that just came out that I want to talk about the bo- bonus episode, but it's essentially about how fucking up translations Mm. can lead to and does lead to false convictions. They use it via like the Amanda Knox story. Mm. Um, And 
it's truly made me like kind of take pause. And then obviously we know that the, uh, all the different translations are problematic, but let's say uh, Dr. Julia Shaw, her name was, was talking about like the little nuances of translation can mean something incredibly different. And she used the, the The giant game of telephone. Yeah. Well, she used the, the example hen and you know what a hen is. Okay. Right. A chicken. Sure. Okay. He looked at me like he's never Where heard of this animal. Where are we going with animal. this? Well, if you're in the UK and you're saying, I'm going to see my hen, yeah. you might be going, it's another, it's slang for chick or like oh, okay. girl or woman. So if in the Bible- They use hen like we use chick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if, in using this, if I am translating something from, from Spanish to, from English to Spanish and somebody says, I'm going to a hen party mm-hmm. and I don't know that hen means like a girl party- I'm going to say I'm going to a chicken party or whatever. <laughs> and so think of... Th- and, and it doesn't make much sense. Right. And they're talking about that in the context of like translating during interrogation. But think of that in terms of the Bible over the last right. 2,000 years. You've or had a lot of translations, years. a lot of telephone and players. And how many hens right. are there in the world? And again, I don't think he's... His argument is the Bible is more graphic and like less prudish than we are. It's like, dude, that's just an old translation. Of course it's literal. I wouldn't say and it's we, graphic. We, I would say it's frank. Yeah, it's frank. Fine. Yeah. That's it's not, not an argument. Euphemism. That's not an argument for why the Bible wants you to have great sex. That's an argument for like why Ron DeSantis should be banning the Bible, I guess. What's the opposite of euphemism? Defamism? That can't be it. <laughs> Go look it up. Yep. Okay, I'm going to continue. Then he takes a little tangent, which is just oh, funny, oh, which good. is just funny. This is right after the what happens in the honeymoon tent. One Sunday morning, I learned how graphic this language can be. My friend Karen will just stop there. Um, He's never met somebody named Karen in his entire hmm. life. He doesn't have any lady friends. And was he <laughs> jerking it some Sunday morning? That's what I was wondering. That he goes like on. It. He basically says Karen had to read a passage from Genesis 29, which is a passage. She had to. She had to. Where uh, Jacob marries Leah and Rachel. And he says the phrase Wayabo Eleha shows up, we discovered, a lot. I'm going to read this straight. Karen has, you might say, a rated G personality. Very prim, proper, and polite. Angela from the office. (laughs) We all saw her cheeks turn bright red with a lot of awkward pauses as she had to continually read the phrase, and Jacob went into her over and over again. Yes, your hand is raised. Um, Doesn't everybody read the Bible all the time? How did they miss this? Yeah. I thought every word was truth and every word (laughs) is verifiable, but they're... But she's very embarrassed to read this chapter. Very embarrassed to read her sacred book. And also... Every word is holy. Every word is chosen by capital H M. And also, did you just say, like, Karen, did you say, I'm going to volunteer to read this chapter of the Bible without knowing what's in it? How do you not know? definitely assigned it to her to make her (laughs) uncomfortable. I am willing to bet the $13 an hour I make. Here's, first of all, we're overlooking the fact that Jacob in this story marries two sisters. We did graze right past that, yeah. huh? Like, okay, maybe that's the issue you should He's be talking about. He's not only married to two women. He's yeah. married to two women who are related to each other. Yes. So her, their children are we're step-siblings ignor- and cousins. We're ignoring the family tree aspect of this. Mm. But then he's like... He has link. He has a link to Genesis 29 in that paragraph. Okay. And remember what he said. Karen, when she's reading this, had to continually read the phrase, and Jacob went into her over and over again. Um, So I clicked on the link. Like, what exactly does his translation of the Bible say? Here's what it says. I'm going to read you two sentences. You ready for this? But in the evening, he took his daughter Leah. This is the father of Leah. He took his daughter Leah and brought her to Jacob 
and he went into her. Mm. That's one sentence. Here's a second one later on in the book. Mm -hmm. So Jacob went into Rachel also. And he loved Rachel more than Leah Whoop. and served Laban for another seven years. Fucking getting catty up in the Bible. That too. But again, I just read those to you. So he just... That's it. There's twice. 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 But also, nobody has a problem with the fact that he just fucked two different women nope, and picked one supported. is better. One sister is better than the other. It's a whole thing. What but happens to the worst does, sister? Uh, beheaded, I assume. Oh, I was hoping she like started but, a commune somewhere yeah. else. Um, but the point is, Karen couldn't read that, really? Okay. She's rated G. She's got a rated G It shows up two times. It does not happen continually, much well, less over and over again. how many do they talk about rape and murder and cutting a baby in? Have. That's it's a good like, time to talk about the next section. Oh boy. All right. Oh God. Oh no. Yeah. Oh no. So now we're, he's going to tell us all about honeymoon sex. Are you ready for this? No. Um, on that honeymoon in Cabo, the groom goes into his no. bride. He is not only with his beloved, but, but in her within his beloved. He enters the sanctuary of his spouse, where he pours out his deepest presence and bestows an offering, a gift, a sign of his pilgrimage that has the potential to grow within her into new life. One moment. I'm oh, going to finish this. Hold on. Back in the wedding suite, the bride embraces her most intimate guest on the threshold of her dwelling place and welcomes him into the sanctuary of her very self. She gladly receives the warmth of his presence and accepts the sacrificial offering he bestows upon the altar within her most holy place, all caps. I got so bored by the end of that. I can't believe you hate my reading of erotica. I do hate your... Oh, God, don't say erotica anymore. <laughs> my main question is, they get really big into, like, he went into her, but, like... Yeah. I'm not... I don't even care about that anymore. No, 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 I don't either. I just wanted to point out, like... So if, like, somebody slips me some tongue, is that also, like... He is welcome into my crevices. No, I think it only applies in one situation okay. because neat, Christian neat, sex neat, 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 is like neat, missionary neat, style and then we're done. And then that's it. It's the Kama Sutra, but like page introduction. It's a pamphlet. And then we're done. But like, here's the thing about that whole section. Mm. First of all, we are assuming because of who this guy is, Josh Butler, Christian pastor and the whole yeah, gospel coalition. We're assuming these are virgins who just got married, and now they're in their honeymoon tent in Cabo. So when you're in college and having sex, it's going to be bad, and that's what that's it bad, is. But horrible. when you get married and have sex, it's going to be magical immediately. Perfectly. You switch from, I have no sexual thoughts. Uh -huh. And sex get scares married. me. Yeah, sex is scary. Sexual assaults, thoughts are shameful. Right. To, to they said, I do, yeah. and now... We have the music. mirrors on the ceiling. We have a round bed for some reason. <laughs> right. A heart-shaped hot tub. Which I can, I, how many times have we talked about Christian, I mean, Christian women at this point, evangelical women who have spent years now talking about how, hey, guess what? If you are, if you grew up in the sort of environment we grew up in, mm. the first time you have sex, shocking, it's not always great. It's painful at times. It's, it's definitely not perfect. Great. <laughs> so this guy makes it sound like honeymoon sex, assuming this is their first time together, is not just like something God wants, but he's writing it as if 
it is perfect. It should be perfect. Yeah. God wants it to be that way. The woman's going to love it. She gladly receives whatever this guy is offering. And he can definitely find the clit. So that won't be a problem for <laughs> anybody. It is her most holy place. No, like, boo. The, it's not even a whole he, All three of those words are capitalized. What? Most holy place. Ew, ew, yeah. ew, ew. Gross, I have, gross, you gross. You will never hear that description about a woman's brain. <laughs> on the Gospel Coalition's <laughs> website. But but, also, okay, wait, wait. Are, they, are, are vaginas holy and wonderful, or are they, like, something that needs to be feared, and, like, if you put a tampon in there, it breaks it? Well, now we are on the honeymoon, and they are married, so now it's perfect. Oh. And everything is wonderful. This, I mean, think about what this implies. Mm. If you don't have great sex on your honeymoon night because you were two Christian virgins. You failed. Then not only did you fail, you have disappointed God. Mm-hmm. What happens if the woman isn't if she's in pain that time. And she doesn't want to, quote, accept his sacrificial offering. Mm. Did she disappoint God? Like, there is the pressure here. She thinks she disappointed her husband. I'll tell you that right fucking now. There is the implication that if you don't enjoy it Mm. or you don't want it, Mm -hmm. there's something wrong with you. And I want to... It was a flippant comment, but I kind of want to sit in this for a second because when we talk about, like, first sexual encounters... For a lot of people who have vaginas, it's uncomfortable and slash or painful. Mm-hmm. So imagine you are a 22-year-old newlywed on your honeymoon in Cabo. Oh, an elderly Christian bride. <laughs> on your honeymoon with your, with your new husband, you try to have sex for the first time and you're in pain. Yeah. Now, do you think that this hypothetical straw man that I just whipped up, do you think that this person has the wherewithal to say, no, stop, I'm in pain? Right. Do you think that her new husband understands that it can be painful for her and he needs to be patient? His sex education is Jacob was into, went into Leah and Rachel. So, like... Sure, like dudes have bad experiences with sex, but it is not necessarily going to be the same thing with women who are not empowered to ask for what they want. And I'm not even talking a pleasure thing. I'm talking in an anti-pain thing, yeah. or I don't wanna. And imagine or if we it's had not sex just last night. My vagina hurts today. Did you know that happened, gentlemen? And like, if it's not just the honeymoon, let's say they've been married for a while. What if? I mean, he didn't mention this. I'm mentioning this. What if this becomes an abusive relationship? Mm-hmm. What if she doesn't want to have sex? The implication that he is saying is like, nope, it is what God wants. You should accept it. Mm-hmm. Women, be hospitable. Mm-hmm. Uh, because whatever the guy ju- does is generous. A very good friend of mine um, from college got married in 2010-ish um, in a Catholic church. In 2010, and she had to, she's my age, she had to sign a contract saying that she would never refuse sex. What? I swear to fucking wow. God. She, she drove from Indiana. She drove up and a couple of my girlfriends and I had some wine and she was like so upset about it because she, she was like, my word is my, I'm, I'm a person who believes my word is my bond and I had to sign that. Otherwise I couldn't get married in the church my parents wanted to and I would have to explain to them why. So, yeah, things are going great. Again, Christian women, specifically believing, Bible-believing Christian women, have spent so many years now. Remember the whole uh, Joshua Harris purity culture? Oh, yeah. Um, How many times have they railed against, like, that is so damaging to our self-worth? This guy and the entire website, the Gospel Coalition, has just, nope, don't care, whatever, say what you want. Okay, 
I will totally assume he did not intend it to go this way. Right. But also, clearly, he's has no idea. He has this tunnel vision when it comes to sex, and that there's no other version of sex that could work. Because in his view, it's always great. It's always godly. And keep in mind, think about what he hasn't mentioned yet. There's no mention of foreplay. There's no mention of taking care of her needs. There's they no mention of how of sex can be meaningful without it leading to childbirth. Mm. Um, and again, the deranged underlying abstinence-only message that says you're assuming both people are virgins and having sex for the first time, and it's going to be perfect, which is not going to be the case for yeah. most people. So he's never spent... Anytime thinking about a woman's desires. Right. Sex to him no. is what a man does to a woman, not with her. That is correct. Pleasure goes in one direction. That is a very, very good summation of of that. Yes, thank you. And I haven't gotten to the third part of the We're piece. Not done. I know. I told you. Whole episode uh. here. Um, because then he tries to bring it all together. Why is he talking about this? Because having sex with your wife is exactly like Jesus making sweet love to a church. Here's what he writes. This is a picture of the gospel. Christ arrives in salvation to be not only with his church, but within his church. Christ gives himself to his beloved with extravagant generosity, showering his love upon us and imparting his very presence within us. Christ Ew. penetrates his church with the generative seed of his word and the life-giving presence of his spirit, which takes root within her and grows to bring new life into the world. Now, Hemant, I don't like to embarrass Thrust you on that the podcast. Church. Jesus, do it continually. Do it over and over again. Wayabo eleha the hell out of the building until you unleash your seed. Did you all over and within our bodies? Accidentally read the onion again <laughs> because that is the most nonsensical thing. Like it's so beyond you know how the parody. Here's how the metaphor works: Jesus will probably leave you unsatisfied. I feel. <laughs> I feel extremely certain that this is just a transcription of an episode of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> this feels very much like I, it's literally I Charlie say. says, I got the good Lord going down on me. <laughs> like we are it, we are living in Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I got to give so much credit. So many Christians were on point with their responses good. to this article. Just to read a few here. It's uh, fun when we can all get together and I bash know, someone together right? as a community. Um, I don't know who all, all of these people are, so I'm just reading their tweets here. But the Gospel Coalition literally made a theological article out of the dick in a box song. Yeah. This is how bad things have gotten. <laughs> Someone else. Well, I think that's the last time the Gospel Coalition has chat GPT write an article about biblical sexuality. Boomeristed. Uh, if you know, you know, with yeah. a meme of the blue <laughs> Facebook flag saying, marked safe from getting anyone's presence upon or within me today. Oh. <laughs> this was, has anything ever been more on brand than the Gospel Coalition publishing this article on the first day of Women's History Month? Oh, boy. Um, okay. <sighs> <laughs> we regret to inform you that the fundamentalists are painfully horny. <laughs> Another I mean, tweet. <laughs> yeah. Another tweet. Christians, queer people make everything about sex. Also Christians, Christ <laughs> penetrates us with his seed. <laughs> Golly, that went in such a wild direction. Oh, we're not done yet. Yes. Because we're done with the article. But no. here's the thing. This article was not just a one-off piece of trash. It's an excerpt from a book 
written by Josh Butler. He wrote an entire book about sex. And despite he found that chapter. And, and you, he's like, and you know, his publishers one. are like, well, we gotta, we gotta find a way to publish an excerpt from the book on a popular Christian website. We got to make sure we give them the best this book has to offer. Mm-hmm, 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 and this mm-hmm. is the best they found. Yeah, I'm into it. Yeah, <laughs> and another, totally into it. so they published this yeah. on the website. Christians were Angry, not for the same reasons we're angry, but some of the same reasons we're angry. Mostly, they're pissed off that it treats women as the recipients and not partners. Okay, that's why we're sex. pissed off. That's one reason we're pissed off that it ignores abuse, it ignores uh, non procreative sex, it mm-hmm. ignores pleasure for the women, mm-hmm. things like that. One of the uh, people, there's an author named Rich V. Velotis who wrote a blurb for the book. He has issued a statement this week retracting his blurb. Whoa. And he says in his statement, I was wrong to write an endorsement for something I didn't fully read, which is interesting. Because guess where that excerpt is from? Chapter one. I'm very curious what he did read. Oh, that's hilarious. Mm. Did oh I read God, did I read chapter so 1? Funny. Oh, I read chapter 1, and this is almost all of chapter 1. You wow. can't read the book without coming across this section. Sure. So don't pretend like this was some part of the book. You, you at missed. this point you got busted. Dude. Yeah. You have to say, "Yeah, you're right. I wrote an endorsement without having read it. I'm sorry. I won't do it again." You got caught with your hand in the cookie jar, my dude. <laughs> Another author, Danae Pierre, she retracted her endorsement. Mm. And she said she only did, quote, a quick skim and assumed his tone in pursuing God was more than enough to endorse this one. I did not read this can, book, but I wrote a blurb. Can you believe that came back and bite me in the ass? I cannot believe Christians haven't read a book they're fully endorsing. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I, I made that comment on Twitter uh-huh. and a Christian reporter who I actually think highly of um, did not know I was joking. And I'm like, I'm not going to explain this one. That's a pretty good joke. Oh boy. Oh boy. This is a mess. Oh wait, there's more backlash from all this. Um, this guy, uh, Josh Butler, um, he also, his bio underneath the article says he is leading a seven week online cohort on the Christian sexual ethic which is like George Santos teaching a class on honesty. Uh, uh, but like that's apparently been canceled, I think. Oh, he why? was scheduled okay. <laughs> He was scheduled to present at a conference last weekend. Uh, it was a conference geared toward Christian women and his <laughs> his pre-recorded breakout session was titled Beautiful Union: God's Vision for Sex. He was removed from that lineup oh, no. after this article came out. Um <laughs> The Gospel Coalition I mean, took okay. down the article saying the problem with the article, and this is their bad, it lacked sufficient context. <laughs> I thought you were going to say content, and nah, I was like, yeah, yeah dog. Um, Look, the context wasn't the problem. You know I got the, the context. Where conservatives constantly accuse us of doing the things that they themselves yeah. are doing. I yeah. think this is a really good example of how like all conservatives and Christians will just rubber stamp what the others say <laughs> in in you know in service of being like, you know, fuck the left. Yeah. They will co-sign anything anybody says, no matter how garbage it is, because they quote unquote agree with them and they think we do the same thing. And we're like, no, we barely like any of our senators. <laughs> right. The Gospel Coalition says Butler has now resigned from being a Keller Center fellow, which is a Christian thing. He resigned Mm -hmm. from that thing. Um, And I honestly don't know if this book is going to be published. It's already gone through a first printing, but I don't know if they're going to put this out. Okay, can I get a book deal? If my dude over here is writing a 
book about how Jesus is a dick that goes into your wife's vagina. And the church building, in the roof, in, in the, the chimney, in the, in in the, the chimney of the of church. The chur- oh, yo, yes. yo, yo. I have a quarter finished <laughs> novel. I feel like I should be also given the opportunity to write some trash. How come this guy gets all the fun? I Seriously. I, I'm amazed they'll give Do book you, deals to I anyone mean, with pastor in front of their name is my God, theory. Are we beyond parody? Like <laughs> if I, 10 years ago, if I wrote that for your blog, right. And was like, listen, I'm going to do it's a satire. whole thing about church. You know, Jesus is a penis. <laughs> Jesus is a penis. There you go. Jesus is a penis. Is Fa- that the episode title? <laughs> to quote a... Can you change whatever he had as the episode title? Father, son, and the horny ghost, says hey. one commenter online. That's fun. Yeah. Glorious stuff. Oh, boy. What a mess. I have five of these stories, by the way. I'm so tired already. God, it's been a half hour. Uh, I'm moving on. This broke this morning, and we need to talk about is it. Is it when What's-His-Face fell down the stairs? No. Uh, I the was tr- real excited about that. Um, I, I enjoyed all the Mitch McConnell, bless your heart, tweets. Oh, well, my favorite was like, hey, guys, uh, I don't like Mitch McConnell either, but we shouldn't be rooting against him. It's like... Grow the fuck up. You wish him dead like the rest of us do. Don't be an asshole. All right, I'm getting to this story. Last weekend, I had my in-laws over, and we needed to make dinner in a crunch. Instead of ordering out, we did something even easier thanks to ButcherBox. We were able to grab just what we needed and exactly how much we needed from the freezer. After that, everything else was a breeze. You, too, can skip the grocery store knowing you have the food you trust and the food you chose in your freezer. I know that might sound strange coming from me since I'm vegetarian, but they have a high-quality veggie burger that I absolutely love. They have options for pescatarians, too. And if you eat everything, that's also okay. The food from ButcherBox is high-quality, grass-fed, and free-range. Have peace of mind knowing there are no antibiotics or added hormones. Sign up at ButcherBox.com friendly and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com friendly and use code FRIENDLY to choose your free-for-a-year offer, plus get $20 off your first order. I'm going to give you some background so this makes sense, because we talked about this years ago, but it's been a while. Um, in July of 2021, Monsignor Jeffrey Burrill, he was the General Secretary of the very conservative U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops, mm-hmm. very conservative group. Mm-hmm. He resigned from this pretty powerful position. Um, why? Because why? some outside group tracked his phone and found out that he was frequenting gay bars and using Grindr. So we talked about this. It <laughs> happened in July of 2021. And, you know, a lot okay. of articles about this were like noting the hypocrisy of a conservative Catholic leader, somebody mm-hmm. who took a vow of celibacy, mm-hmm. actively opposes LGBTQ rights, mm-hmm. which the Conference of Catholic Bishops absolutely does. And here's this guy apparently using an app to be meet men for sex. Yeah. Supposedly. It's like, have you seen uh, around CPAC, the use of Grindr has gone up? I'm sure it has. It's very I'm sure fun it did. for me. So, but the thing is, it also raised other questions, and we talked about this at the time, which is the ethics of outing someone like this. Mm-hmm. Um, because, listen, all of these priests are sinners in some way or another, but 
I mean, they, they would say the same thing. Christian they you. would say the same thing. We're all sinners but, here. But the thing is, they're not going after the abusers, the predators. They're going after this gay guy. Yes, that's and fair. like he didn't hurt anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like okay, wait, wait, wait. can I back up? Yeah. on that? he didn't hurt anybody. Is he an anti queer pastor? Yes, then I mean the USCCB um, is an anti-gay organization. So he does that, but in terms of what did he do in his private time? So you're he saying he wasn't abusing. This gunning, wasn't non-consensual for him instead of yeah. somebody who's abusing, yes. you know, children. So that was the that's what we talked about last time. This gotcha. people debated this for a while, and the thing you need to know about this is that where did this all come from? What led to that story at the time that that all came out? There's a news agency, a wire group called the Catholic News Agency. They said, hey, guess what? In 2018, we were approached by a dude who supposedly had technology to identify clergy members who used uh, Grindr, Tinder, with the ability to, quote, pinpoint their locations. Oh, thank God somebody's on this technology. the The Catholic News Agency said, we feel that's unethical. We don't want your information. That's what they wrote. Good. A conservative website called The Pillar said, oh, yeah, we'll take that data from you. Mm. And that's the outlet that broke the news about this guy. It's so weird he seeing a conservative news outlet <laughs> be unethical. It's uh, so strange. We talked last week about a uh, guy who led a pro-life uh, group, a priest who ran a pro-life uh-huh. group. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he has been accused of sexual misconduct. That is also the pillar reporting on it. So I'm not saying they don't put out legit work. But in this case, the pillar was like, oh, yeah, we want to out this guy. Like, we want your data. So that's interesting. And what they said is, according to the pillar, a mobile device correlated to this guy, uh, Burrell, emitted app data signals from the location-based hookup app Grindr. Is legal? On a near, we'll get to that, on a near daily basis during parts of 2018, 2019, 2020, both at his office and his uh, Catholic-owned residence. It's like, yeah, he's do, using it a lot, is I, what they were I saying. I use Wordle at work sometimes. <laughs> Are they going to come fucking knock down my door? The pillar wrote that on June 22nd, the mobile device co- correlated to Burrell emitted signals from Entourage, which bills itself as Las Vegas's gay bathhouse. Um, so anyway... This is the outlet that is published that what the all show's this stuff. Named after? <laughs> no idea. So they they did all this stuff. They wrote that one article. They also said, and this was kind of the oh, I wonder where this is going. They never explained where they got the data from. That's important to okay. know. And days later, they had a follow up article where they said we also have some data that suggests suggests that priests in the Archdiocese of Newark, New Jersey, were also using Grinder. And they said that in 2018, the data they have shows, and I'm quoting here, at least 32 mobile devices from within areas of Vatican City that are off limit to tourists (laughs) were also using those apps. None of them buy their own bullshit. It's so weird. But here's the thing. They never outed anybody in the Archdiocese of Newark. Why not? They never followed up Let's on that. Let's go to the Vatican. We also did not learn that the Pope is on Grinder. Like, none of that ever played out. Like, the story just kind of died away after that. What if that. the Pope was on Grinder? I mean, good for him for having some sort of... I mean, How it's no seat. worse than what the Borgias did. Like, they certainly <laughs> fucked around with sex. But... but here's what's interesting now. Uh. So, they didn't... They said, we have data that suggests this stuff, uh-huh. but there was no big explosive blockbuster article that came out after that. Right. So it's like, well, this is interesting. You have all this data. 
so far we've outed one dude mm-hmm. um, for seeing other men, supposedly, right. allegedly. And that's kind of it. Then this thing just went away for a while. Mm. Today, Thursday, the Washington Post's Michelle Borstein and Heather Kelly, who's a tech reporter, Michelle Borstein's a religion reporter, they have more information on where all this came from. So we haven't known any of these answers since this time. Here's what they learned. It's conservative Catholic donors in Colorado who have poured millions of dollars, four million at least, into the technology that allows them to basically spy on various priests. And they did it, they said, to share that information with bishops around the country. Beryl was like the tip of the iceberg. So this is a network of snitches. Yes. And they are going to get a mess of stitches. (laughs) This is the work of a Denver nonprofit. This is from the article. A Denver nonprofit called Catholic Laity and Clergy for Renewal. At what point is a nonprofit just... A money stash for my weird hobby. <laughs> That's every nonprofit, right? I guess like it we is. all have I mean, causes, and their causes out in gay priests. Ooh, they said, so like, brave if you them. look at their tax stuff, yep. they're basically saying we want this data not uh-huh. for nefarious purposes. Uh-huh. What we want to do is to help bishops train priests. So in one way, we want to use this um, to... What happens when they find a bishop who's on Grindr? Well, that's a separate thing. Then you uh, go to the higher okay. up on the list. Um, the but they, <laughs> they basically said, we want to know what keeps people in church. Uh, what sort of activities should we do that'll keep people in if we know they're leaving after a service? Shut your face up. What are you saying? They are saying that they are tracking the movements of their priests in order to increase church attendance? Yeah, here's what they said. We want to use this technology to decide, quote, what sorts of church activities draw people to a parish and when and how liturgies are scheduled. That's what. <laughs> that's why they want to track your phone. Oh, my God. But obviously, the only time we've ever heard of this data being used is to track one dude who was on Grindr so far. But they have over $4 million over the past few years, which they have spent on purchasing this data, analyzing this data, paying staff, and hiring attorneys. Here's where it gets even more interesting. The group's president. Is there a person who is spearheading this? Uh, I mean, there's a, this... the group has a president, but it's a, it's it's random people. These are not Catholic okay, so... officials. These are rando conservative Catholics who said, you know what the church needs? We need to spy on our gay priests. In Colorado. In Colorado. Why is that the thing that's blowing my Jade, mind? Jade, J-A-Y-D is his name. Jade, Jed, Henricks said Jeff. the reason he wanted to form this group was because there was a cardinal, Theodore McCarrick, who was the highest ranking guy to get accused of sexual abuse and mm-hmm. like got defrocked. It was a whole thing. He said, we want to, quote, spot dangers that could lead to more scandal and heartache for the church down the line. Mm-hmm. But they're not tracking these priests to see who might be abusers or thing, you know, predators. They're going after the guy going to a bar. If you're looking for abusers. Uh-huh. And what you found was a man who, you know, ethically, dubiously, is using an app to meet with other consensual adults to have a consensual sexual encounter. Yep. That is the problem with the Catholic Church. Not, Mm -hmm. again, the thousands and thousands of examples of abuse we have seen just in the last several years alone. Nailed it. Okay, um, so yeah. and to this guy, out here, To this eh? guy, a priest having a same-sex consensual hookup is an ethical lapse on par with what McCarrick 
did to those kids. And the problem, and the thing is, God, this is incredible because he is saying, we know Catholic priests are up to no good. Look at this example of a bad guy who did bad things. Yeah. But they're not going after that guy. This is very like Reagan era war on drugs <laughs> of like, we're going to take down these big drug kingpins, but they're really just like arresting black kids in New York with a dime bag on yes. them. Yes. The pillar never said where its data came from, but the Washington Post spoke with people is this connected. Why people are anarchists? I'm um, feeling very anarchic right now. <laughs> That's not what the word is. This is what the Washington Post found. The group says it obtained data uh, that spans 2018 through 2021 okay. for multiple dating and hookup apps, including Grinder, Scruff, Growler, and Jacked with an apostrophe instead of an E, all used by gay men as well as OKCupid. But most of the that data. That is more gay apps than I have ever even heard of. And these people are on them nonstop because, you know, we got to stop like the people. They're like digging up the deep ones. Yeah. But most <laughs> of like the data. Only.com. <laughs> but most of the data appears to be from Grindr. And those familiar with the project said the organizer's focus was gay priests. Yeah, not predators, not anyone harassing children. It's going after these how, guys. How and can they where did this, this stuff come from? How can they defend this? The sources are data brokers who get the information from ad exchanges, which are sites where ads are bought and sold in real time. Oh the thing is, it is legal to sell this data, buy this data, but usually they might say, oh, we, for example, I'm making this up. Sorry, tech people, if I'm wrong. We have a bunch of men who go to like some location. We could put ads in that location or on their phones that mm -hmm. might target that demographic. But imagine that's what the data theoretically is supposed to be used for. Mm -hmm. Like they track your phone to see like, oh, a lot of people of this kind going here. Mm -hmm. We can figure out what you like, what you do. It's why your Facebook ads, you know, seem to be like the thing you just looked up. It's like putting cookies everywhere, right? Yeah, or you talk to your husband about wanting to get a new couch and awesome couch. And next couch. thing you know, yeah. right? Yeah. Thanks, Alexa. <laughs> right, exactly. But the thing is, as this is happening, what did they end up doing with this data? It turns out if you have this broad data, but you know, hey, we even though it doesn't have a name next to it right. in the data we have, we know that someone stayed overnight in a Catholic church yeah, rectory. Yeah, you drill down to an individual, mm -hmm. you can track an individual. Someone went to the rectory, then went to a gay bar, then came back and slept overnight in the rectory. That has to be a priest. And you can kind of whittle down who we're talking about Holy here. That's shit. how they figured out it was that guy a couple of years ago. Okay. And maybe why it's harder to pin down a name when they say, well, we saw Grinder being used within the Vatican walls. But at you don't necessarily know. Is this an invasion who. of privacy? At what point is this not a, an invasion of privacy? Cyber stalking. But also, all My of technology is an invasion of like, privacy. I don't give a fuck who you work for. Your job is a Catholic priest, and my job does not have a right to fucking follow me around on my phone. Right? You don't follow me around on my phone, do you? What if we always had Find My Friend on so we always oh know where God. each other were? But that's the thing. A lot of people, you know, like the default mode in a lot of these things is, yeah, you could track me unless you actively turn it off. Absolutely. But the thing is, Burrell, that guy who got who resigned a year and a half ago, he's like the only guy we know who suffered any consequences for this. Mm. We don't know how many priests they were able to pinpoint who quietly resigned because they were lower on the totem pole. Okay. And keep in mind, you could argue it's a sin to spy on people too, but the Catholic Church or these well, people don't the care about that. Commandments, but butt sex is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Isn't the Catholic Church having a pretty big problem retaining 
priests. Yeah, I mean, this is that's, definitely that's where I would like to start. Wanting me to join. I don't want to start from a moral standpoint because I think everybody knows where I stand on that. What I do want to start from is an economic standpoint. Now, if you are a Catholic church, your hiring pool is really fucking small because you can only take dude virgins and <laughs> they have to be Catholic and really like getting dressed up and making good speeches and maybe singing. Gotta once like in a while. those drag shows. Got to love the drag shows. So. You're already looking at a pretty small pool of people, which I don't want. And if you go see a cabaret, we're coming after you. Yeah, they want to limit that even further by not just saying like, hey, hey, when you're like in public, can you be cool? Like if you're in your personal life, whatever, like be cool in public. To we want to be able to control every movement you make and every person you interact with and every encounter you have, Mm -hmm. which like now that I'm saying it out loud, heck. It is wild that it is okay in our country to be like, hey, you can you can lead this religion, but you cannot have sex. And we have that power because church is cool <laughs> and chill. We're tracking your phone. What the fuck is the matter with people? Hemant keeps writing times and cresting no, them out. I'm okay. gonna keep rambling. I mean, that's you're you're nailing the issue, which is this is we now what we didn't have a year and a half ago is who's doing this? Yeah. Where is this coming from? Now we have an answer to that. They don't want to talk and about it. It's just it. random shit bags. It's yes, not even that's exactly like it. somebody higher up on the whatever bullshit totem right. pole they have. It's just it's some, not a pope and minion. Who's not to go all Alex Jones on this, but who's to stop them from being like, we want to see, you know, what these atheists are up to? <laughs> like, obviously, the t- obviously nobody gives a shit about me. Like, right, right, right. But you know, like I mean, that's out there for anybody. Anybody can get this sort of data, but it takes a lot of work to try to figure out and a lot exactly of resources and a lot this of resources. Is my question: You need millions of Who dollars. Who is pouring these resources in? And if they care so much about Catholicism, why aren't they using that money to like promote the Catholic Church in positive ways instead of gutting it from the inside? With I ads, this for is he. The whole Gets us. They're actually liberals, and they're trying to bully as many <laughs> priests out as possible until it can't sustain itself this anymore. This is secretly an atheist. House of Cards. Yeah, yeah. Done and done. And then you where are we going to Vatican City after the uh, after the Catholic Church falls? Amusement park? Disney World? <gasps> we should put a, a nice park, like a central park, but instead of moving black people off the land to build a park, we move the Pope. I'm going to move on to the next one. I feel really good about that. Everybody, <laughs> if you don't know about um, Seneca Falls Settlement in Central Park and how white people moved a black community out of there, you should look it up. All right. So there's a Arizona Christian University. Oh, are we done with that? We thing? are done with that one. I'm moving on Dope. for the sake of time because we got 18 more stories. <laughs> um, Arizona Christian University, private Christian school, whatever you think mm. they stand for or against, <laughs> you are correct. Okay. There's also in Arizona um, a public school district, the Washington Elementary School District. And for the past several years, they've had a contract with Arizona Christian University. Mm-hmm. And the contract basically says you're gonna you're teaching kids how to be student how to be teachers, you're mm-hmm. giving them an education degree. Mm-hmm. We will accept student teachers from your college. Okay. A lot of public school districts have similar contracts with mm-hmm. a ton of colleges. Like, yeah, we're going to work with you to make sure we could place your student teachers who need work experience. Mm-hmm. We'll place them in our district and work with them, mm-hmm. um, give them access to our kids and all that stuff, do mm-hmm. the backgrounds checks on them, whatever you need to do. That happens everywhere. They had a five-year contract with Arizona Christian University. At the moment, as we speak, 
Uh, there are five students from Arizona Christian University who are working in the district and another 11 students just shadowing teachers but okay. not quite working there. So it's not a ton of kids right now, mm-hmm. but whatever. That's what the contract says. That contract expires at the end of this school year. Okay. So the board had to figure out, are we going to renew our contract mm-hmm. with ACU? And what they just decided uh, a couple weeks ago is that, and this is a unanimous vote of five people, Mm -hmm. let's not renew our contract with Arizona Christian University. Specifically, and according to one board member, her name is Tamilia Valenzuela. She wasn't on the board when the contract was signed. Mm -hmm. She is now. But basically, she said, our values as a district don't align with ACU's And even though we have a teacher shortage, Mm -hmm. that shouldn't override the message we want to send to students. For example, Arizona Christian University says on its website, we promote, quote, traditional sexual morality and lifelong marriage between one man and one woman. What is that? what the college stands for. People, uh, why are you so obsessed with people fucking? This is the college saying, what do we want to get out of this? We want to make sure you hate the gays. What the fuck is the matter with is this the, just an us versus that like we need an invisible enemy they can be anywhere yes and we don't have the technology to track your phone so we're just going to put it on uh, our mission statement my gadar is coming the, along nicely the though. school district actually cares for lgbtq students hey isn't that nice acu change? clearly doesn't and this is what the school district said are we only performing performative solidarity or are we going to dig deep and actually look at the partnerships we're doing. Okay. That's what the board members said. Okay. She said, at some point, we need to get real with ourselves and I take a look you. at who we are making legal contracts with uh-huh. and the message that that is sending to our community, because that makes me feel like I could not be safe in this school district. Mm. That makes other queer kids who are already facing attack from our lawmakers, that they could not be safe in this community, unquote. Mm. That's what the board members said. That's what said. an actual slippery slope looks like. <laughs> not if we let gay people marry, it's going to be rats <laughs> marrying space ships next another board member kyle clayton chimed in basically saying i agree with all of that and then he added that the school also puts an emphasis on proselytizing like in it's Uh, their goal is to spread christianity they they don't hide that and that worried him he said it just takes one off-the-cuff comment one moment to then have trauma for a child that's already vulnerable Mm -hmm. already experienced trauma and it could last the rest of their life now i should say Another board member pointed out, and I think this is correct, that just because their values don't align, well, student teachers from the Christian school would be obligated to follow the district's policies, not their own faith-based ones, when they're working at the school. Fair. Um, I mean, you would think ACU, the Christian school, would be aware of that, and it didn't bother them. But we cannot depend on Christian colleges to keep their mouths <laughs> to themselves. So, and one board, the board president, uh, Nikki Gomez-Whaley, pointed out that this is not about Christianity. This is about bigotry. She said, for me, this is not a concern about Christianity. There are plenty of Christian denominations who are LGBTQ friendly. So I want to make it clear that for me, my pause is not that they're Christian so much as this particular institution's strong anti-LGBTQ stance and their strong belief that you must believe this to your core and you take it out into the world. Mm. How do you shut off an essential part of your being and not be biased to the individuals in which you are in charge of nurturing and supporting unconditionally. So this is the discussion they had okay. at their meeting. Unanimously, they said, yeah, we won't renew our contract with them. That's and right. I think this is 
like this is where I thought for a second, maybe shaky ground, but I didn't think so. Because they're not saying we want to stop Christians from working here. Mm -hmm. They didn't. They said this one school. Yeah. And they also made a point of saying like, listen, you might have a Christian who goes to a secular public Mm -hmm. institution who is a student teacher at your school and believes all the same stuff. They didn't say no to them either. You still got to follow our district's Mm -hmm. rules. They said, we're not going to have a contract with a school that openly says this is what you have to believe and it's antithetical to our beliefs. So they didn't renew the contract. And then I thought, you know what? I think that's a fair thing. There's no legal obligation to renew a contract. Right. There was no legal obligation to sign the contract. Nobody got fired. Nope. Nope. There were no financial consequences. And the kids from ACU who are currently student teaching, they will finish their Mm -hmm. time. They will get the whatever they need. And then it's done. That's it. And people who go to that college and other Christians know you can't just walk around being a bigot and expect everyone to just accept that. So let me reiterate. This is where I was on shaky ground. There is no proof whatsoever that any of the student teachers said, and you you weren't alleging this, that no one said or did anything Mm -hmm. that said anything anti-gay. There's no evidence they did that. There's no evidence they tried to preach in the classroom. But when you go to a school that its motto or what the fuck ever is Mm -hmm. like only P and V sex after marriage, (laughs) then like their mascots are wild. (laughs) Here's the thing. The headlines for this story Uh on right wing websites. Oh boy. Here's Fox news. Arizona school board member says district should reject hiring teachers with Christian values. Quote, not safe. That's not what she said at all. They didn't say don't hire teachers uh, with Christian values. And by the way, Fox, what are those Christian values that you think the school is opposed to? Hey, gay people. Right. We Um, think penises are icky when they are near other penises. The New York Post, also a Murdoch publication, ran the same Fox News article, (laughs) but their headline, because the board member who kind of spurred this change, Mm. her picture has cat ears on her head. And so they said, cat ears clad school board member says district should not hire teachers from Christian university. As the way that's worded, it's like, don't hire from any Christian university. Like, who cares how she looks? I don't care. Also, she doesn't identify as a cat ear wearing. She probably had it in her profile picture. And I'm allowed to. What is the map? There's another Christian outlet called The Stream. And their headline, just wildly inaccurate, new Arizona school board member says the district should not hire Christian teachers. Yeah, yeah. That's not even close. You know what, dude? Fucking nailed it. You got all the important words. Not even close. So this morning, uh, this is Thursday, March 9th, Alliance Defending Freedom, the right-wing legal group, uh, they filed a lawsuit against the school district. Now, what are the damages? I I don't know. Again, I know I'm not... And how are they affected? Don't you need standing? Well, they can represent the organ is the school, but basically I don't know what the problem is because the public, I know I'm not a lawyer. The public school district is not obligated to renew a contract Mm -hmm. if they don't want to, Mm -hmm. even if they say, look, this is our concern. It doesn't matter what your concern is. They honored the contract they signed. They decided not to re-up. Do they want a free market or do they not? on a free market. Um, Arizona Christian University responded by before the lawsuit was filed saying, that's wrong, it's unlawful, and it'll only hurt the district students by not renewing our contract and taking our student teachers. That's not how it works. Mm -hmm. 
So I don't know where this is going to go. I know right-wing groups have used this as a weapon already. A surprise. Um, As if this is anti-Christian. It's not. It's anti-bigot. And if you're, if whoever's complaining are equating those two words, that's on you. And so they have decided that, like, homophobia is so wrapped up into their identity as well as being, like, a good white person. You know, they'll, they'll take people of color for the cover of their, like, brochures. But, like, <laughs> speaking of an ever-vanishing, like, group of people, so many people identify as queer in some respective, and those who don't probably know somebody who is, and some of them probably aren't assholes. Like, you cannot keep this up. Otherwise, you're going to keep whittling away people who listen to you. I mean, I shouldn't say that. I should let them do what they're doing and fucking I'm sure the wish themselves their, out of existence. Tracking their phones will totally help. It's insanity. <laughs> Golly, these people. Let me go to a different story of insanity. This is one we talked about when it happened to last year, but man, it's worth a refresher here. Catholic Charities in Omaha, uh, Nebraska, of last May, Mm -hmm. a 27-year-old man named uh, John Channels, he pulled out a handgun and began shooting inside the Catholic Charities building. Workers screamed, they ran away, they saw bodies and blood on the floor, obviously scared for their lives. Guess what? There were no victims that day because it was all fake. It was all I staged. Remember, yep. Holy shit! The I gun he with- had shot blanks. The bodies were actors. The blood was fake. Everyone knew it was a drill except the employees. So I. Uh, yeah, we talked about it when it happened last May. Yeah, and I haven't. Uh, or shortly after with that, it, apparently. But basically, it was part of an active shooter drill requested by the Catholic group's leaders. Uh, the guy who designed it, uh, that was the quote-unquote shooter, the mm-hmm. fake shooter, he's now facing five charges of terroristic threats and Good. one charge of weapon use. This is old news. Okay. But basically, like, w- at the time, the county attorney said, like, someone could have gotten killed. Think of the potential Easily. things that could have happened with this. It's frightful. Thankfully, no one else got hurt more serious than the mental damage these individuals suffered, which is an understatement. Yeah. But actually, it's not even true because there were people who were injured because they were running away. Yeah. And not to mention fucking PTSD. You oh, get no from kidding. Thinking you're in an active shooter situation. This is one of the stories we talked about when it happened. Here's one of them Sandra Lopez heard three gunshots behind her. She ran as fast as she could toward a retaining wall with a dumpster several feet below. She tried to jump into the dumpster to hide. She landed outside the dumpster and curled into the fetal position. Uh, Fearing she would be found and killed, Lopez then ran about three blocks to a fast food restaurant to hide inside. That's what happened because of this drill. And listen... If you go to a public school, they have active shooter drills. They can be traumatizing. There are many arguments against doing that for that reason. But even the students know what's going to happen. Yeah. Like if the whole game, that's a wrong word to use, but the whole reason you do those drills is to say these are the best practices. Yeah. This is, we want you to get used to the repetition of this so that you know what to do when your mind is going to be focused elsewhere in the hopes. Listen, I'm not defending them. I'm just saying that's what happens. Right. Everyone's in on it. In this drill, they did not tell the people what was going on. So of course they would think something's going on. So here's the news that happened this week. 
Sandra Lopez, the lady I just mentioned Mm -hmm. who jumped near that dumpster and had to run, she still works for Catholic Charities as a loan officer. Like today, she still works for them. She is suing the organization for what they put her through. Good. She has been diagnosed with PTSD. She continues, she says, getting treatment for back injury she suffered while running away. And um, she says, the the lawsuit says, higher-ups at the organization who knew this was a drill lied to her on that day. For example, she saw the chief community engagement officer knock on her window and yell, out, out, get out, basically, run out. She saw the executive director of the place appearing to be terrified run toward an exit. This lady, Sandra Lopez, asked what was happening. None of them would respond. And when she asked... Um, the head in charge, like, what's, what happened? The lady in charge said, it is a shooting. Like, they all lied to this lady. So these motherfuckers sure. took what should have been a very serious drill. drill yeah. And turned it into their fucking Oscar moment. Yes. The, okay. And Can just to add t- to that, just to add oh, to that, she ran to a nearby uh, uh, the fast, fast food, food restaurant when her son picked her up and he called the company immediately to let her, them know her his mother was safe because wouldn't the company want to know no. that she's safe? Only then did he find out that this was all for show. The son said, why didn't you tell my mom this was staged? The supervisor replied, I'm quoting from the lawsuit, we wanted to see how people reacted. Okay, Which, I've just been rewatching um, The Office, and literally, this is an episode of The Office because do I just watched it yesterday. Dwight pulls the fire alarm and then walks her and makes mm. like a, a fake fire in the corner and then walks around and says, Oh, it's a fire. Should you do this or should you do this? And meanwhile, everybody Chaos. is fully panicking. This is literally exactly what that is, except for, and let me emphasize this again there was a man walking around firing a fake gun. Yeah. Yep. According to her attorney, did they intend to create fear in her mind that she could be shot? The yes. answer we would say is absolutely Obviously they did. they did. We do so allege that they specifically intended to terrorize Miss Lopez. The first hearing for this is going to be next week. Like, they did Wait. this shit knowing it was going to scare the hell out of you. Okay. Which was the point. So not Miss Lopez specifically, but would care. Everyone in general, but he's representing his client. You. Right. And again, Holy it's just, shit. I feel like everything with the word Catholic attached to it is a whole institution dedicated to, instead of solving any problems, let's just create new ones from scratch well, and leave everybody we touch worse off. This reminds me a lot of the the big kind of military school push of the, 90, the 80s, 90s, early aughts. Um, uh, Paris Hilton went to one famously. It was ex- incredibly abusive. But it's it's the same kind of thing of for whatever reason, we will just let pay people to make some shit up, right? Like I understand people talk about we're over, um, uh, like everybody needs too many certifications for everything. But on the other side of that, maybe if a dude is gonna run an active shooter drill in a place of business, he should have some sort of formal training. Same as like these people who opened up these military camps. They're just like some dudes who read some books and are like, yeah, we can fucking do this. And everyone's like, yeah, fucking take my kids. I hate them. So we have this problem that confident people will just walk and be like, yeah, I know what the fuck I'm doing because 
because they want to, because they can, because people will take abuse of power every time. And this motherfucker took his moment to quote unquote, help train people for the worst day of their life and created the worst day of their life for them. Mm hmm. To what end? To what end? To what end? Why is she still working there? Had I don't they know. been trained before? Had they gone through things to say like, hey, we're really concerned about an active shooter. So in the next two months, we're going to go over things and it's naturally going to culminate in this drill that maybe you will see, have seen the pattern coming and maybe we can be like, but you know why they did this by the or way, people wear it's shirts because- that say actor on them or active shooter on them or victim on them. So you can look at them and say, Oh, that person lying in a pool of blood. is just an actor. Have you ever seen somebody die in front of your face? I haven't. I don't want to. And I don't want to think I have. You know why they hired this guy for $2,500 to conduct the drill? Besides that. Because they just opened a domestic violence center to help victims. And they were like, well, you never know. You are fucking kidding me. You're lying. And where do they find the This is a mean lie that you're telling me. They opened a domestic. A Catholic church opened a domestic violence shelter. Yeah. Are you sure? It's like the cops Which, opening a domestic violence <laughs> Yeah. It's like, really, do you think you're in the best position to safeguard people who have been traumatized? You don't even like know. women. Yeah. You don't even let them into your little club. Why the fuck do you care? That's a great segue for this next thing. I'm tired and angry, though. Too bad. Uh, I'll, you can add more to that. Okay. Uh, our, friend, <laughs> okay. our friend Dave Silverman tweeted this. Are are you ready for this? It's short. It's short. Bud, you did so good that one time on O'Reilly. Like, can't you have (laughs) let that be your legacy? (laughs) No, here's his legacy now. His tweet. It's a poll. If I created a... I saw this. If I created a non-woke atheist convention focusing on atheist activism and fun starring notable canceled speakers and stars... Would you be very interested, somewhat interested, or not interested? So many. First of all, white not interested dudes. is winning, which is hilarious. Is it really? Oh, that's fun. Uh, I feel like I may have nudged people in that direction, but hey, man, I'm trying need to figure to use out your power for good, which this is. Good who job. who would the notable canceled speakers Krauss. be? Uh-huh. Himself. Uh huh. Also canceled. Like what, Dawkins? Oh yeah, like, Dawkins. Well, who? but Dawkins doesn't want to go to David Silverman's dumb <laughs> shit. Any of the other four horsemen? Dennett? No, he's chill. What's the other I one? I mean, a lot of them are. Well, the other one's dead. Well, a no, lot no, of them. Well, are, Sam Harris. Oh, uh, Harris. And again, they all have their issues. I'm not God, suggesting we anything. Four white dudes. Come on, <laughs> 1990s atheism. Do better. Uh, worship early, us instead. Early. <gasps> we need to be the two. What's the two? Instead of the four horsemen, what's a two biblical thing? What comes in pairs? Generosity and hospitality. What are the two uh, the two sisters that what's his face fucked? We can be them, Leah <laughs> and Hannah. And Leah. <laughs> Great, <laughs> thank you. That makes everything better. Call us the sisters. Call us the sisters. Call us the sisters. <laughs> I'm trying to imagine what atheist activism and fun look like at this conference because I feel fun. like the We're reason famously not the, fun. the reason half these people got canceled is because of their idea of fun <laughs> oh yeah touching a woman without their consent is the most fun you can have <sighs> outside international waters like what what is this audience <laughs> it's the three people who do follow you know him what? seriously and not ironically okay I don't know oh no I do know okay 
this is what I think is happening. Let me compare it to another thing that's happened. Do you remember the film Morpheus starring Jared Leto, the worst human in the world? No. This movie that came out recently. It's either Marvel or DC. I don't care. Don't at me. Um, And it flopped. It was terrible. And then there was this like groundswell online of like, no, re-release Morbius. We really want to watch it. And then they re-released it. And everyone's like, no, no, dog. Nobody (laughs) wants to see this fucking movie. This is what I feel it feels like to me that like Dave Silverman is in this like weird, I don't want to say ivory tower position, but like kind of away from the proletariat. And so he sees all this activism on Twitter. Oh my God, people love my message. People really are are buying into what I'm saying. You think those guys are going to pay $500 and pay for a hotel and a flight (laughs) to your conference? You think those boys are going to? The 23-year-old angry dudes? Uh, Speaking of those dudes, his right-wing atheist group was at CPAC last weekend. You know what? They used to go to CPAC all the time, ironically. They went in the past... Because they were saying, we're trying to spread reason to these crazy people. Now they're like, no, these are the our people. people. Um, I, they, didn't, they didn't tweet, post anything. Sure did they didn't post pictures. It's like, oh, really? I feel I like if you were proud of being there, there, you would want to publicize that. They didn't do anything. It's just such a wild choice. And I, I, I really. I mean, to be this. fair, even like Ron DeSantis is like, I'm not being seen dead with you people. Yeah, I mean, I just wonder what they like. The I can you imagine in the year 2022, say whenever the when Silverman shit go down? I guess Silverman's. Yeah, oh, uh, it was a couple years ago now. Okay, well, we're imagine in this political climate, in a post-Trump yeah. climate, thinking that running right is the answer to anything besides mob rule and, <laughs> like, just whipping up the masses, yeah. right? Like, I don't know. I, I just feel like American atheists, David Silverman, used to stand for something. It used to be about... Here's a question for I'm you. Talking, I know. I, it's on the same page. Okay. Um, because it's along the same line. I got invited to be part of a, like, online sort of fundraiser oh. for a group helping ex-Muslims. And I'm all for that. Like, I like the cause. Then I saw who else they were bringing on to join them in this fundraiser. Because a lot of people support that cause. Mm -hmm. A couple of them are, like, notorious, transphobic, hateful people. Mm. And I'm like, sorry, I like your cause, but I am not supporting something that they are joining. Why is transphobia Um, the hill to die on? I kind of told the people, I'm like, look, I'm not trying to bash your cause. I'm not going to trash you. I, I know you're just trying to get whatever attention you can to help these people and that's awesome yeah i'm not gonna be a part of this and mm. part of me was going back and forth on that because i'm like it's a good cause yeah but also i don't know i don't want to do anything that and involves I certain not people say the names that are no it's, that it's not important who they are they're but they are transphobic some of them are openly pro-trump pro-republican oh, but yeah. they also don't like like hardcore religion and just because we have that in common i don't need to be scene you with know, you. <laughs> I don't want to support what the, you're doing. The atheism tent is growing. Yeah. For better or for worse, because now we're seeing that, and, and we've always known this, right? We've always known that atheists, atheists are not a voting block. They are, we are herding cats. It's all of the metaphors in the world. I, I don't know, man. Like, to what end? Is it literally just to stay relevant? And that could be it. it that could, feels like what 
Silverman and his groups typically go for. Are looking It's for. just attention a la O'Reilly back in the day. But it seemed to me that at that time... And he thinks I, because people don't get that anymore, we're all doing it wrong. Well, I wonder if he thinks that like being an atheist is just fighting against things instead of fighting for things. That's what he always got attention for. So and that's, to him, the only form of good activism... Right. And there was a time that we needed the David Silvermans of the world to be on TV and make headlines and make memes. Like it we didn't needed... hurt as much as I thought, or maybe I was just no, blinded. I, I, I think, Hemet, you already, in whenever that happened, 2010, 11, 12, mm. I think you were already pretty well entrenched into like atheism and shit. Sure. I guarantee you... That Dave Silverman moment on uh, the O'Reilly factor, which Tide goes in, Tide goes Tide out, goes in, meme Tide goes face. Out. It's which it doesn't exist anymore, really. The meme face, but like I saw people who had that as their like profile picture, oh, sure. who were not atheist. Like it, it transcended things. So yeah, like yeah, there was there was mm-hmm. definitely some sort of value in that. But I think this, my issue what he's now is doing this is just him being antagonistic. It's just trolling for the sake of attention. That's exactly right. And there are plenty of good people who are atheists who are supporting, who are going on those same shows, by the way, to support church-state separation as a thing, as opposed to atheism outright, which Mm -hmm. I feel is more beneficial anyway. That's kind of the end goal anyway. Um, I don't care if you're atheist or not. Yeah. Tagline for the show. It's true. And we all have our lines, right? We all have our lines in the sand, and maybe those are a little fuzzy, but but yeah, I'm not going to, you know, stand shoulder to shoulder with people who think that the most important villain of our day is trans people like go fuck yourself <laughs> oh megan phelps roper what happened to you what are you doing? all right let me go to this yeah. northern kentucky convention and visitors bureau this is a taxpayer funded tourist company or like Louisville, that's, Lexington. that's what they exist for right mm-hmm. um they want to promote everything that northern kentucky has to offer fine that's what you do. And if one of the things that is a tourist attraction in your it's neck the of the Ark woods Encounter. is Ark Encounter and Creation Museum, it's honestly, to me, it's not even a problem if they feel like we want to promote, come to all of our things because it's a tourist attraction. I don't think sure. that's a church-state separation line or anything like no, that. No, I, I agree. It's just a thing that brings people to your community. It helps the hotels and businesses in theory. So fine. But they posted some ads on Facebook recently, and this is, again, this is not from Ark Encounter. This is from the Northern Kentucky Convention and Visitors Bureau. Here's how they promoted Ark Encounter. Really? Just how big was Noah's Ark? About 510 feet long, 85 feet wide. Better yet, come see a full-sized replica for yourself right here in Northern Kentucky. Mm -hmm. Start planning your trip today with a video of Ark Encounter. Uh And the problem with that is this reference to come see a full-sized replica. It's not a full-sized replica. Replica implies there was something like this. I... It's a plica. It's not a thing. It didn't exist. Did Here's plica? Yeah. Here's Did another... you write that down earlier so you could say it on the I air? I tried so hard. Here's another ad they have. Here's another ad they have. Uh. This beautiful piece of architecture, is. this is on their website, is filled with state-of-the-art... Uh, state-of-the-art exhibitions state to of the tell that state-of-the-art <laughs> exhibitions to tell the true story of Noah and the flood. Ooh. Like you're just copy pasting stuff from their website. Yeah. This, Stop it. This speaks, th- this reads very much like 
Ken Ham AP wrote just, it for you. Yeah, AP just like re-released somebody's press release yeah. and didn't do any any copy editing. Again, no, you can't have a replica of something that didn't exist. There is no true okay, story of Noah thing, and the flood. The replica thing, if that just was say, it. This is a monument to Christian mythology. Whatever. Say it in an objective oh, yeah. way. Monument to Christian yes. mythology is super going to fly to- in Appalachia. Just say it's a tourist attraction that... Uh, is biblical in nature or something like that, whatever it is. Not to brag, Hammond's a really good copy editor and super yeah, understands the constraints that a copy editor has in terms of language and Don't worry, space. I'll get it down to like five words. It'll be fine. Big dumb boat, see it. Yep. Kentucky, logo, boom, done. Um, and by the way, what's also weird about that, this is brought up uh, Dan Phelps, who's a retired scientist who's been a watchdog for all things Answers in Genesis. He's written to the Bureau is he saying... Is to ev- nope, any of the famous nope, Phelps? Nope. He Not wrote, even Michael? Nope. He wrote to the Bureau and he's like, stop doing what you're doing here. Maybe you didn't realize it was a problem, but it is a problem. Uh, they haven't responded to him. He also me. pointed out that the Bureau works with... Um, an uh, accreditation association, like a general tourism bureau thing, uh-huh. and one that promotes LGBTQ plus travel, because they would, because it's a tourist sure. thing. They're like, you're working with them. Right. This group is explicitly anti-gay. Right. They, you can't work there if you're gay. Right. Like, they famously will not hire you. What's it called? You. The Northern Kentucky uh, Convention and Visitors Bureau. Gotcha. But he's basically saying, look... You're prete- you're using their copy, their language, to pretend that what they're doing is fact. Uh-huh. It's not. You don't have to say it that way. Uh-huh. You're promoting a tourist attraction that is not <laughs> in line with the values you say you promote by working with these other groups. Like, I- why not acknowledge some of that stuff? Or at least just listen. If you have to advertise it because it's a tourist attraction, mm. do it. Mm. But you don't have to pretend it's true. Stop using their language. I don't think that's a big ask. They are not responding to anybody about this. Really? That's so weird because I bet every person in the universe sees they this have, as a non-issue listen, besides Hemant fucking it's Meta. It's northern Kentucky. There are two things going on every week. They have time to respond. My friends are coming up uh, Derby weekend because they always try to flee Louisville for the Derby. We're all going to medieval times. Um, I just want to say... Uh, are these friends I get white? I, yeah, of course. Are you out all of your right. mind? Yeah. Just wanted um, to check. <laughs> I... You had me at medieval. <laughs> I don't know. This is... I'm just thinking about... This is another instance of... If I had seen this, I would have kind of rolled my eyes, but you But really... I'm not wrong. Oh, my God. You can roll your eyes at, like, it's a petty thing. It's very petty. But it's not wrong. We're not asking... There's no lawsuit here. It's just, like, all you have to... Just stop saying it's true. I Just think... say it's a monument that a Christian group built in some language. I don't care what you I say. this is what I have noticed, is... I... You're so even keeled. And so if ever you're more agitated about something than me, I find it so off putting that I'm like, what the fuck are you on about? Stop being everyone in my life. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This show wrapped up 20 minutes ago, but we're still going because the Supreme Court 
weighed in on a big case oh. this week, and it made no headlines because this was so under the radar because for a lot of people. Bad news or good news? Well, it's huh? it's news. Here's I need to give some backstory so this makes sense oh of what they did because it's the complicated. Show's over. Yeah, 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 whatever. We'll go seven hours. <laughs> um, here's the backstory because I want to make this make sense because the overarching theme here is super important. Mm-hmm. It would be. It's the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. But what happened this week is low on the radar. Okay. Okay. In 2014. For the public or for us? For everybody. Okay. It's low on the radar of everybody. Not the biggest news, but it could be big. In 2014, there was a shooting spree in Florida, and a local police chief uh, posted a letter. What? No, nope. You didn't hear about it. But a police chief in Ocala, he posted a letter on the department's Facebook page saying basically they were going to have a prayer vigil. And he very clearly said, we need fervent prayer. I'm urging you to support this community prayer vigil. It was Christian. Treaty Mitch McConnell's uh, concussion with prayer. It's going portly. Uh Uh-huh. I don't know if you're... Joking or not, but I don't know if I'm please, joking or not. Please just pray over it. Yeah, I'm fine with it. We Everyone should pray for it, and we then all the doctors arrested. should walk away and this pray. This is why we're going to get demonetized. Yeah. Not because I say like cunt or whatever. It's going to be because <laughs> I actively wish the sitting senators just pray. Okay, but this police chief. First of all, it's just stupid that he thought the best solution to stop crime was prayer. I mean, he's a police chief. That's what dumb. else could he do, Hammond? I know. What could a police chief do to stop crime? He could shoot more black people. <laughs> Has he tried That's that? That's going to get us demonetized. Your <laughs> joke. Okay. <laughs> Don't say joke with verbal quotation marks. It was a regular joke. Um, the American Humanist Association yeah. at the time wrote a letter to this police chief basically saying, remove the prayer request. All yeah, of dude. the cops can go to the prayer vigil. That's yeah. fine. You can go to the prayer vigil. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Stop putting the logo of the police department on a Christian mm-hmm. prayer vigil. Just keep them separate. Mm-hmm. Not a hard ask. Um, and that's it. Nothing came at that request. Literally, I went to go check. That post from like eight years ago is still up on their Facebook page. Dang. And guess what? The whole police department or whatever participated in that prayer. And there have been zero shootings in Florida ever <laughs> Florida's since. been perfect ever since. No yeah. notes, Florida. <laughs> so shortly afterwards, um, local residents complained about the vigil to the mayor. And he responded by saying, well, we open every city council meeting with a prayer and we end the prayer in Jesus' name we pray. Our city seal says, God be with us. And we pray that he is and us with him. So like, when that, we put in God we trust up in our classrooms, that does not promote Christianity. But the fact that you pray before your meeting means you hella promote Christianity. Right. Y'all have to pick a side. You cannot keep playing both sides of this. <laughs> pick, yeah, pick your lane. Um, so basically... Everyone, is the world a Christian nation or is everything about God neutral? <laughs> it can't be both. Can't be both. The American Humanist Association at the time, again, remember, they sent a letter, uh-huh. ignored. ignored. Their members who complained to the mayor, they got ignored too, rebuffed. I go knock on that so door. So finally, after all the polite ways of taking care of this, they filed a lawsuit just saying this is a constitutional violation because the department, the police department, supported the, quote, revivalist event Officers prayed, sang religious songs, delivered Christian sermons at the vigil. Um, The Facebook post involved the department letterhead. Um, Anyway, gets to a judge, district court judge in 2016. He says, yeah, the AHA is right. Like, the department cannot promote Christianity. He wrote, at the time, the government cannot initiate, organize, sponsor, or conduct a community prayer vigil. That is what happened here. And that's it. Cool. Like, that was the right decision. 
No, I was a district court judge first. Oh boy, first thing. But basically, here's where the issue, and this is where the meaning takes. Uh, this is where the meaning is important. Okay. He said, the judge said, the establishment clause that says you can't do this sort of stuff relies on the application of something called the lemon test, which we've talked about. And if yeah. you're a lawyer, you know about and this. It's not a lemon party. Not gang. a lemon party. What he said. What's the lemon test? It says any law, any statute has to have a secular purpose. It cannot advance or prohibit religion. Uh And you want to avoid excessive government entanglement with religion. Well, what about this? Who's that named after? I forgot. But the Ocala prayer vigil, it obviously had a religious purpose. Um, The judge wrote it could hardly be thought to be anything other than an endorsement of religion. Mm. And because the police department... They say only prayer can answer this. Like, yeah, yeah, dog. And because the police department invited the community to attend the vigil, there is entanglement. So basically, if you fail any of those three prongs, you could say something's unconstitutional. And they went three for... They went three for three. So it failed everything. So... The atheists, the humanists, they won that lawsuit. They mm-hmm. won a whopping six dollars because hey, uh, it's finally. not a, it's not about the money. But I'm still that was for it. My two cents from um, that lawsuit. For what it's worth, the taxpayers in Ocala were on the hook to pay the legal bills uh. for the AHA. But anyway, right wing groups began like the American Center for Law and Justice. They appealed that decision, thinking we have some uh, nice justices on the appellate court. This is the time. Their lawsuit, their appeal, used phrases like cancel culture. You're they, fucking yep. lying to me. They said the atheists simply cannot keep saying cancel culture. Uh-huh. They said the atheists were trying to shut down protected First Amendment gatherings. That is what we do. Uh, it's like, dude, they you could have the prayer vigil. On no one the, was stopping you. On the weekends, when I go to the dog park, anytime I see a group of three or more people talking or um, conversing or uh, what's the thing that they call it when you're praying together but not... A wh- seance? No, what? <laughs> I just run through them like a bowling ball and (laughs) scatter them because as an atheist, it's my job to make sure more than three people don't gather in their Ah, faith. And I just, you you can't can't be safe enough. You can't be safe enough. It worked. The three judges they got, all appointed by Republican presidents, they unanimously overturned the earlier decision. We love Christianity. How come everybody else does it? I'm a judge. (laughs) This is last year. And so now what the appellate court said is that the earlier judge used the lemon test. He said they failed all three prongs of the lemon test, and that's why it's illegal. Well, well guess the what? the lemon test isn't constitutional. Well, guess what? The Supreme Court, remember the uh, the high school football coach who praised it, prayed at mm-hmm. midfield? That was Kennedy v. Bremerton. He got that his case. job back. How's he doing in that job? Doesn't matter. He, they said in that ruling saying the coach can pray on the field, they said the lemon test was dead. You can't use it anymore. That's what the justices they wrote. They said those words or they implied no, it. No, they said it outright. They literally like said Justice Scalia, the late Justice Scalia wanted it gone. Well, with this decision, it's gone. Lemon is dead, whatever. I'm glad so, Scalia is dead. Uh-huh. So the appellate court last July said... We're saying we're overturning the earlier ruling and we're saying go back to that judge. This case goes back to that district judge Mm. and he has to make a ruling without without relying on the lemon test. Figure out some other reason it's legal or illegal, right? Uh, The establishment clause? Well, what they said is the what they said in Bremerton with the football coach Uh is you can't use the lemon test. But the thing you can use, this is like what they do with invocations at city council meetings. If it's historical, if it's tradition, if it's 
like there's some standard that this has been going on it's for more a while. Than five years old. Yeah, like, like at one cross. <laughs> you can't use the lemon test, but you can reevaluate the legality of the prayer vigil using tradition as the standard, which is what the Supreme Court wants to use. Which, of course, favors Christianity at the expense of everyone else, which is why conservatives like it. So here's the thing: this case was supposed to go back to that earlier judge, mm. and you got to write a new decision. That guy's dead. No, oh. he's still around, but. Before they could send it back down to him, the right-wing legal group said, uh, hey, Supreme Court, we need you to jump in right now. Wait, they can do that? They can ask to do that. I don't understand how laws do. So they, their argument was, one, the humanists who brought this case, they don't have legal standing, so it should be tossed out. Um, they also said, um, one of the people who... She attended the vigil... Wait, were they right about the legal standing thing? No. But oh. th- their, <laughs> argument, their argument is one of the plaintiffs in the case mm-hmm. attended the prayer vigil specifically so she could be a part of this lawsuit and complain about it okay? because she says i attended it i'm a citizen of ocala mm. i'm offended by this prayer vigil mm-hmm. it's a violation of my of the establishment clause and they're saying you can't just show up to something to pretend to be offended are you sure because that's all conservatives do yeah well the argument they're saying is you can't give her legal standing so just toss out this case before it gets back down to the district court to make but a decision more than... but mm. the problem with that is if you say someone who attended the vigil can't file a lawsuit saying it's illegal huh. who actually could file a lawsuit saying something like this is illegal who has standing because what the right wing group is trying huh. to do is to make sure no one is allowed to bring a case like this ever so they said hey supreme court jump in now say that these plaintiffs don't have a right to bring this lawsuit before it goes On back down to the again? lower court that they don't have legal standing but, 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 but like what does that mean to so my understanding of legal standing is if they live in that community at the time of the lawsuit or the time of the offense or whatever that it they were affected by it as citizens of and they're saying what that is called is That's a, quote, offended observer. What the right-wing legal group says is, hey, Supreme Court, you cannot give anybody legal standing just because they are an offended observer, which is something that only seems to happen in establishment clause cases. Except for the fact that we're... No, everybody knows. We all know that it is unethical and illegal for a a, uh, municipality to promote... Religion. The problem is, if you say that lady could not sue over what happened... Who can? Who can? And the right-wing group says, well, she's not allowed to be a plaintiff. Did they give... No, they don't care who is. They're just saying, you can't take this case. Mm. No one can take this case, so just toss it out before we get into a different discussion of why it is or isn't illegal. So this week, the Supreme Court They're going to toss out in technicality instead of its merits. Well, the Supreme Court said they need four votes to take up any case. Mm. They did not have four votes. They are not taking up this case. They said, I mean, in effect, they said, no, it's going back down to the lower judge. Mm. We are not stepping in right now to take this case. We're Mm. not tossing it on standing. Doesn't mean they won't in the future, but Mm. they're not doing it now. But two justices decided to chime in anyway. Normally, the Supreme Court will just say, no, we're not taking it up. Uh And that's the end of it. Because they get... They get a gazillion asks. Yeah, it's... Okay. But two justices wrote their own decisions on why we should take this up. Neil Gorsuch said specifically, he agrees with the outcome. It's not our time to step in yet. But he said that you shouldn't let this lady have standing because giving standing to someone who is an offended observer is a bad idea. Here's what he wrote. 
The city asks us to take this case to make this point that she shouldn't have standing. It's an understandable request, but I see no need for the Supreme Court's intervention at mm. this juncture. Um, he says, just let the process unfold. Moving, why does- hang on. Moving forward, I expect lower courts will recognize that offended observer standing has mm. no more foundation in the law than the lemon test that inspired it. If I am wrong, the city is free to seek relief here after final judgment. Basically saying that lady doesn't have standing. I agree this case should be tossed out, but it's not my time to step in yet. So I will let the process unfold. That's so Neil I Gorsuch. understand that they're trying to use offended observer as sort of a, uh, not diminutive, but a way to sort of push somebody on the outside of, oh, you just stood on the... Uh, and the outskirts and looked you weren't in really and you offended. hated it. You weren't really offended. You had to show up so you could pretend to be offended. And we shouldn't use that to give you standing. But the, but the lawsuit, and this is just me repeating what I understand, the lawsuit wasn't that she was offended. The it included, lawsuit... It included that she was offended. I mean, Why is she offended? Because they violated the Constitution. But that's what I'm saying. Like, the uh, the offense is secondary. Be- it's like saying, I was mad when you shot me. Like, yeah, of course I was mad, but primarily you fucking yeah, shot me. Shoot. Yeah. So I don't understand. But who has the right to bring that case to the court? That's what I'm saying. Someone like, has to have because, the right to bring the case. I'm, and her argument is, well, I was there. Right. Well, I'm not, I'm not even talking about whether she was there. Even if she wasn't present at the thing... If she is an, a, a, citizen, As a citizen, why does she not have standing to be like, hey, apparently my well, chief of police is like gung ho on Christianity? Because she and has to suffer an injury, according to the court. And she said, okay, like, well, I feel I unsafe. Was, well, I was there and I felt like I that. saw my. I know. I know what you're saying. I but know, if you you're know. saying I have a, a grievance with my uh, with the police chief in my city, again, Anyone could file that at all times. Mm-hmm. That's not a good enough reason. You got to have some injury. So she's like, fine, I'll go to the prayer vigil. And then I can file this lawsuit for the same reason. And they're saying, no, toss that out. Clarence Thomas also chimed in saying um, he just wanted to pull the bandage off immediately. Just saying like, come on, guys, take up this case and let's toss it and say you can't be an offended observer and just be done with it. He said, Ah. I continue to urge the court to review the legitimacy of this form of standing. Uh, We should intervene. But apparently he didn't have enough allies to do it yet. So So, bottom line is the Supreme Court is a lonely life. (laughs) Right. That was Thomas that you said. There you go. Uh Thank. I mean, for now the Supreme Court is not weighing in, which means it'll go back to the lower court. So we'll have to find a different reason to say it's illegal Uh because it is illegal. Um, But, the death of the lemon test basically has created a blueprint for Christian nationalists to thrive. Like if a police department wants to promote Christianity, all they have to kind of do now is just do it all the time so so that it becomes tradition because if they take place frequently enough, judges could just say, well, it's part of a tradition. So it's not really a church date separation violation. That's the slippery slope. I fear Mm -hmm. we are going down and and the conservatives want to make sure no one can fight back against it. I want to be clear. We are going down that slope and I feel like shit about it. Also, my buddy Jeff does not have any connections with the Northern Kentucky Visitors Bureau. And he was really offended because he thought I was rubbing it in that he didn't <laughs> anyway yeah. it's just messed up what am debating i don't know what to i've man this has been a fucking rough week because of shit like this mm-hmm. of and we let's the do... people who are supposed to be supporting 
us, whether that's like my immediate bosses or the fucking government. Nobody gives a shit about anything. And it's breaking me. There are other stories, but there's one more I really want to get to. Mm. Uh, Last one here. Uh, A bill that just passed the Tennessee House. Remember Kim Davis? Oh, of course course I remember Kim Davis. What was her deal? My close personal friend. County clerk. She had great hair. (laughs) She said, I'm not going to sign the wedding license, marriage license of a same sex couple. Brush it out as hard as you can. Brush it dry and brush it frequently. She said, even though my job is to act as an arm of the government, I'm not going to sign your marriage certificate because you're a gay couple. And so she didn't, and they sued over it, and she lost. The Tennessee House just passed a bill that would allow any county clerk to do what she did and refuse to certify a marriage that they oppose for religious or personal reasons. And in practice, though, think about this. That means any clerk, Christian clerk, because that's all we're talking about here, if they oppose a same-sex marriage, if they oppose an interracial marriage, Mm. interfaith marriage, uh, a marriage where one person is trans, like... They could just say, I'm not signing. They could say, I don't like your fucking face like Hercule Poirot does and just move on with their life. And apparently that's their judgment. Yeah. And the Tennessee House just rubber stamped this thing. I would imagine the Tennessee Senate would do the same thing. And the governor is who's not the governor who's liking all those. Gay and Gang, the dudes. lieutenant governor of Tennessee is going around on Instagram commenting on like male Instagram models. Every ass thirst pictures. trap he sees. It is, and he, and literally using like, his official, his official thing. And people are like, my dude, we can see you. He's like, I'm just communicating my, with my constituents. It's outstanding. And his comments work. are all like, great ass right there. Nice. It's so funny that like, he's an 80 year old. Is he 80? I don't know how old he is. I mean, he's an older gentleman. He's a grandfather. It's so embarrassing. Yeah. Like, truly, it's like if a vegan person got caught, like, eating steak every week (laughs) all the time, and then you caught them eating steak, and they're like, um, steak is... Uh, I'm just cow, doing a taste test for the community. This cow offered himself herself <laughs> unto me. Therefore, like, go fuck yourself, yeah. conservatives. Every fucking hypocritical last one of you, go jump up your own ass, which you probably like because you've never had your prostate tickled. Go ahead. <laughs> that sounds like it came from that dude's article again. <laughs> and the thing is, like, you need that paperwork if you want to be legally married. And... I don't know how some of these counties, I doubt they have like 12 county clerks on staff. Like if you don't want to do it, give it to the next dude over. They don't necessarily have $14 an hour. It's not as if they are like really discerning. Remember all those times when we talked about like pharmacists who are like, I can't prescribe. I can't Mm -hmm. give you, I can't fill your birth control prescription Mm -hmm. because it violates my religion. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, that's one thing if you have someone else on duty who could fill that prescription anyway. It's not one thing. It should never happen, period. It should never happen, period. But like, if there is no one else on staff, what do you want these people to do? And Mm. that's what's happening here. Like, if you give people permission to say no, even though the intention here, let's be clear, is to make sure Christian clerks 
can reject same-sex couples even though they are legally married under like the law. Uh-huh. Uh, they don't have to do the work of making it official, which means I'm I don't know where that goes. Where do those gay couples go? Do they have to go to the next county over they even if they don't live there? They don't get married. They don't get to God get married. Didn't like it. But what could happen in theory because of the wording of this bill is any county clerk could say, "Oh, you two are different races, you're different religions, mm-hmm. so I'm going to say no to you too." Yeah. And they're fine with that, according to this bill. Do you know how many faces I see a day that I just can't fucking stand and I'll deny, deny them of anything I could? Like eight a day that and I would ruin their lives given the opportunity. all these clerks are like you. And the guy who's sponsoring this bill, his name is... Do people know when is, I'm kidding or not? Mm, the, <laughs> the bill is sponsored by a guy named Monty Fritz, who is a self-described Christian constitutional conservative Republican. Monty Fritz is an outstanding... Standing name, yes. Monty where, Fritz. Where did he graduate from? I don't know. He was on the USO tour in, <laughs> in like 1914. Like this yeah. dude gets it. Uh, graduated from Liberty University, a school known for oh, Jerry Falwell Jr. sex scandals. A person I know is getting their masters from and Liberty University. Do you know and I don't he, know what to do with that. Do you know why? How he defended his bill? I'm an idiot and I can't read. Uh, after he said that. Oh, okay. No. He said, well, when you look at some of the research that we've oh, done on this. Oh, the research. Young folks we. are trying to marry older folks to get into their financial accounts. Unquote. Is he inventing gold digging? Yes. He and thinks, what does he want to do as saying, a re- Sorry, what I'm does he want to do as a result? He's saying, I want county clerks to have the ability to block gold diggers. Because if he... So he That's wants to give a county clerk the ability to do... Not a, not to uh, pull up Always Sunny again and do an ocular <laughs> pat down on these people who just want to get married. Which, by the way, you had to get your wedding, your marriage license in what three weeks within the wedding, something like that. So if people are planning an actual like a, a big wedding, they are at the end of their rope. I am telling you, <laughs> I have been there. I swear yeah. to fucking God, I got married this on guy. September nineteenth. If on September twelfth or whenever we got our marriage license, if some motherfucker was like, mm, actually, I don't feel like giving you one, <laughs> I would have <laughs> vaulted that desk through the plexiglass and ended his existence. I would end his this lineage. Guy, this guy is trying to stop the scourge of sugar babies. So hey, naturally, his solution is let's punish gay babies. people. Let's punish gay people. Wait, wait, yeah. No, this is stupid. That's, Everything's stupid. Everything's that's terrible. Bigot logic for you. Um, I text my buddy, and he uh, from Kentucky, and he's still actively mad that the Ark Encounter exists and is taking up his. Not still. Welcome to my world. I know. Have you talked to Ross about that yet? No. Um, Ross, oh, I know I've talked about this before, but Ross Blotcher, and I know Ross and Carrie has been just wrapped up like a 10 part series on going to the Ark Encounter, which weirdly we were in Kentucky at the same time. When he was down there doing that last year, it is genuinely probably 20 hours of audio and it's just him walking through the arc and he's so meticulous about everything. It's outstanding. And he said (laughs) something about the, uh, the taxes and the financials and I text him being like, dude, you need to talk to Hammond about this. He (laughs) loves to talk about the financial status of the Ark Encounter. And so I tried to connect them, but they're two introverts, (laughs) so they will never speak unless I, like, shove their faces towards each other. Are there more stories? Yes, but I'm 
done. How long have we gone? This Way is a long, too long one. Why don't you just tell me the answer when I ask uh, it? Um, hour 44. Holy shit. Too long. That's like year in wrap-up territory. Don't worry, I'll cut it down to 12 minutes. <laughs> uh, where do we find you? You can always find me on Twitter at Jess Blumke. I say always, I don't know what the fuck is going on Twitter. Who knows? <laughs> you can always email us at friendlyatheistpodcast at gmail.com. Hemet I'm at Hemet Meta on Twitter and, and go to patreon.com slash friendlyatheist podcast to support our show. And you can also always uh, support us by going to iTunes and leaving a five-star review. This last one, <laughs> it's from user me on eHarmony. I don't know why that really All tickled right. me. <laughs> it says, calm and outrageous. Good balance of hosts, good banter. I can't believe how calmly they talk about infuriating topics. You think we're calm? Wait for this last sentence. A mature approach for sure. Oh, you haven't heard our show. Nobody has Ever You're like the people blurbing that Christian book. I, <laughs> they just heard the intro. We said our names. I'm like, yeah, they seem really mature. I can tell. Um, are we? Oh, you can. Oh, yeah, I did that already. Um, are we done? We're done. Okay. We'll see you next week. Bonus Goodbye. episode coming up. We'll figure out what to talk about soon. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye.